Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is Siwa. You can find me on Instagram at Tokyo Station Pens. And my name is Jacob, and I'm still alive. <laughs> Hello, my name is Cray, and you can find me on Instagram at Midnight Cat. Hi, I'm Elisa. I'm Inky Rocks. Uh, let's see if we remember how to do this. Um, you know, last time uh, we were on air, we discussed about going to a monthly schedule. So that didn't really work out very well. So we're we're on a quarterly schedule as of as of now. But um, that's still okay because you know we haven't actually met each other in quite a long time. There have been some events. You know, uh, June and July were you know relatively quiet, mm. more quieter months. But um, you know now we're what mid September. So a lot of things have actually happened. Before we go into the actual events that happen, I'm pretty curious to know. If we have any new acquisitions, this is something that we used to do、um, in a segment way back when. But since we haven't seen each other so long, you know, has anybody gotten anything new? Yes. <laughs> 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 yes. So、um, I didn't. I, I was just telling Alicia and Jacob when I arrived. Like strangely, I didn't purchase any pen for months. Maybe even one year. Maybe. I have to check my Instagram. I don't remember. I、anything. don't believe it. <laughs> and then in one week, three pens, three pens in one week,、uh, starting of the Maruzen Autumn、uh, Fair, and some will come soon. So I think like it get back. Even if we want to leave it behind you, it get back very fast, like a boomerang. So yet、um, Jacob helped me with the pilot cutlass for Usagiya,、uh, this o- Ohara Museum Art.、Um, Canal of Oshi, and、um, I got it when I came back from San Francisco. And I want to thank someone who will recognize herself because I want to pay Jacob back, back. And it seems like some that person paid the pen for me as a surprise gift. So thanks so much for your generosity and and kindness because it was really a, a very nice surprise. And then,、um, as you know, I'm, a, I'm I love.、Um, Nakaya、uh, fountain pen, but they are usually very expensive, and you have the waiting list for at least one one year, one year and a half. So I was lucky when the Maruzen pair, the、uh, Maruzen pen fair、uh, started. Nakaya was there for three days, the first days, and、um, they got this.、Um, I, I don't remember the name anymore. Someone can help me. This facet,、uh, kind of like. How do you call this?、Um, It's like a diamond shape. Yeah, and they. I asked them like maybe last winter when they release it, they they show the prototype, and they told me, oh, it's at least twelve to eighteen months waiting list. So I was like, yeah, I I don't know even if I'm still in Japan eighteen months. So let's wait and let's see. And、That's、so the Tsumugi. Yes, thank you. And、uh, we went with Alicia to this、uh, pen fair and. They were the four prototype, the four color there, and I was like, "Oh, is it still the same? Do we still need to wait twelve to eighteen months?" Because I really like this pen, and I said, "Oh, yeah, but we just sell one color to Maruzen, so they have one、uh, in their shelf." And like, which color is it? And they're like, "Oh, the red one." I said, "Okay, it's a sign." So I just got this wonderful pen for my. Yeah, so this year is my special birthday, so the whole year, yeah. I celebrate the whole year, <laughs> and I got this like yeah, dreamy, dreamy pen. I really love it. And in the same time, another Nakaya that I ordered one year ago reached my door the same day, so it was a big Nakaya day. 
the Milky Way Radon, the Milky Way 2 um, Radon. So it's really sparkly, a lot of tons of radons on it. It's, I think it can even sh blow, glow in the dark, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's for me. Any, anything else? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I think about. Yeah, there's the Shishikura, but I don't have it in my hand yet, so I cannot count as a new purchase, right? <laughs> okay, so you definitely had um, a good shopping few weeks. And all of this you bought in the last three weeks? In the last week? La last week? <laughs> I was so it's why I was like, I'm really proud I didn't buy any pen this year. <laughs> all right, all right. And Jacob, any new acquisitions for you? So one pen I forgot to bring, but which I thought was pretty interesting, was this new Moonman slash Majan V1, which is this small, cute uh, vac filler where with an oversized cap that covers basically the entire body except for the screw in the end. And, and we talk about how Moonman should alternate between, you know, blatant copy and original design. Well, this is one what I would consider an original design. Maybe I'm missing some, you know, 50 years ago, someone made exact one. As far as I know, it's original. Um, but one reason why I like it is that I found that I could very easily swap these old vintage Pilot Super 200 size nibs on them, right? Which is basically not number five size, and it's enough clearance in the cap. And what I like about this Pilot Super 200 nibs is that first of all they're dirt cheap. You can go on Mercari and find a pen for like 2,000 yen, 3,000 yen with like script nib, uh, manifold nib, uh, falcon nibs, um, signature nibs. Like they're really fun nibs and dirt cheap and they fit perfectly on this pen. Um, so that was one that I was excited about. The other pen um, is someone I talked about before, but I bought more of, which is the Uniball 1P, which is my pen of the year. It continues to be. <laughs> I was talking to Ame on Instagram a few days ago, and I said that the pen I've been using by far the most this year has been this one. It's like the perfect ballpoint because, well, first of all, I think like the sweet spot for ballpoint is sort of the sub 1,000 yen range, because if you go above 1,000 yen, you get this sort of twist motion pens and you got metal pens and wooden pens which I found less grippy and more hot and not, not, not as pleasant to use. This one sub 1000 yen range that typically have a really satisfying knock. I mean this one. <laughs> I, I spent all day doing this. I love it right and it's girthy and it's very grippy and it looks adorable. And the thing is for me, I, most of the time when I take notes at work, I walk around like on a trading floor and take quick notes while talking to, to users. And that's not the right time to do, you know, expressive writing, you know, flexor and flourishes and waiting for like the sheen ink to dry. I really need to take quick notes and this is perfect for it. And it's adorable, it's cheap and I love it. That's mine. All right, all right. <laughs> Just compare some uh, click notes with the capless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that pen really, I think, um, you know, Uniball did something good with that, right? Like, it's uh, it's cute, it's adorable, it comes in, what is it, eight colors? Um, two sizes of nibs. Uh, yeah, two sizes of, uh, of the, of the refill. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's going to be any more in that series, right? Seeing how mm. successful worldwide it is. Um, but I think it's it's also difficult to see what else they could do with it other than, you know, new colors, I suppose. What would you want to see 
in a 2024 version? Maki. <laughs> it's perfect. Okay, we'll we'll talk to Sophia about a about a Macchie Univall um, one. But what this render seems to is like they make it shorter, but they use exactly the same refill as the yes. normal Univall. So you, you can use the a bigger range of uh, colors refill. I put the orange, like bright orange, in one of them, and it's really funny to just uh, yeah. And some people start to mix them, so make it two tones. Uh, Uniball, so it's very funny to, to play with yeah. them. And they are perfect for the passport size in the Traveler's notebook too. I like that. All right, Lisa, what did you acquire? Okay. Uh, first, um, what was the name of that Moon Man? It's V1. V1? Hmm, okay. And then uh, the other comment is traitor. Yeah, you, you have to be <laughs> expelled from this podcast now. <laughs> this is now the ballpoint pen and fountain pen podcast. <laughs> Um, what was the question? What um, oh, yeah. have you acquired recently? Um, a couple of three seven seven sixes, a Rialo. A you tell us which ones they are. Um, <laughs> it, it was so busy. I, I was like Koi. I did. I have kind of went on a kind of a buying diet, and then uh, you know it's like I ate my first carb and it kind of went crazy. It's the same thing. I got the Bungu Box um, Fujiyama. Oh, you got that one too. Yeah, that's a Rialo, right? Yeah, yeah. I did bring it. And the then, Oka. and then I got the Oka, the three seven seven six Oka from Shishikura. I got the Uroko Gumo. You got that with me. Did I? Yeah, we went. No, to... No, I thought we got the Pelican. Oh, I got a. I got no, a. No, you ordered it uh, while you uh, bought the Pelican. Oh, and I got a Pelican M one thousand. Um, a Waterman safety pen. Uh, this is at the San Francisco pen shop. Yeah, and then something called BFD, and I think that's about it. Yeah, so I, I had a busy month. Yeah, yeah. All of this was in the past month. Yeah, <laughs> five weeks. Four yeah, weeks. yeah. I, I kind of I've been busy with other things in my life, and then all of a sudden I go, "Whoa, I need to catch up." <laughs> so I did. Yeah, and on my side, maybe I'm the most. Uh, I, I can be the most well-behaved or the least well-behaved, uh, depending on how you see it. But I actually haven't bought a pen in months. Like, actually, I have not bought a pen in, in, in many, many months. Yeah, but um, you produce one. Yeah, so um, that's why I said, or you can you know, see it in the other way, where I bought 500 pens. But they're the same, <laughs> they're the same pens. Um, but that aside, maybe we'll talk about it later. I, I kind of... Um, started to buy these plotters again and it's really bad so um, maybe we'll talk a little bit about it later uh, about plotters specifically but I, I have the um, first of all I saw um, the superior labor bridal leather zip organizer in purple and I thought wow that's really really cool and I liked how the the wax kind of made it like a white um, almost like a sheen on the leather. I, I thought, oh, wow, that's really cool. But that was sold out everywhere. So in May, um, Plotter went to the Chicago Pen Show and they had a line of bridal leather um, uh, plotters in, in different colors. And I saw this red one. So they had a red, um, red bridal, I guess, plotter. And I thought, you know what? I really want that. So I texted um, April and said, hey, can you 
save me the, the, the red plotter. And so she did. And then a few weeks ago at the San Francisco Pen Show, um, Plotter decided to release their first ever US exclusive plotter. Um, and I think this is the first exclusive outside of Japan um, called the Shiranami Blue. So I bought that as well. So I have the um, bridal in A5 and the Shiranami in Bible size. And it's really interesting because I think I'm going to pass it to Lisa right now. So the, the bridal leather is kind of stiff, right? But the Shiranami is super soft. And it's interesting. I, I particularly like the Shiranami because um, it's, it's got a really interesting story behind it. It's, uh, it's hand dyed with indigo, so traditional aizome, and they've kind of kept the middle undyed. So if you see the sides, they, they deliberately didn't finish it, so you can see the white um, insides and, yeah, and the, the white on the, on the back of the spine. So those are my, I guess, two big personal um, purchases. I meant to go out to Tactile Turn to see if I can get a knife from them, but I was too busy during the show. So um, yeah, and I guess we'll talk a little bit about that uh, later on as well. But these are my, my two big purchases for myself. So that blue plotter, is that one also called Japan Blue? I read it was called Japan Blue yeah. somewhere. So, so it's, 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 um, it's a confusing uh, marketing copy, in my opinion. Yeah, but... because I saw that and I thought it was like a, some, some kind of football thing. I, yeah. I, I, I thought it was some, some <laughs> Grape collaboration. Blossom. Yeah. Grape Blossom. Yeah. Well, I, I thought it was some kind of collaboration with Japan's official football team, right? Samurai Blue as well. Yeah. But then I, I did some research and I found it was like a indigo, traditional indigo technique. So, so what's confusing is that actually Knox has the same Japan Blue project mm. with the same leather. Mm. Almost. But Knox's version has a finished edge, whereas this has an unfinished edge. So from what I understand, the Japan Blue project is this uh, kind of idea where they make blue-themed um, items. Uh, and for Plotter, the Japan, the Japan Blue project, I believe, is going to be um, at least a US exclusive, if not a general overseas exclusive item. But um, yeah, I'll show you later after, after we record. But it, it, it's pretty cool. It's pretty nice. Um, I like the silver back behind. Um, I think it, it really fits the theme well. So those are my, my personal purchases. But speaking, speaking of which, um, before we go on to, to the events and to the shows, uh, Jacob, you've been, you've been busy you know, in your personal and, and work life, but you've also been busy in the stationary world by writing for our favorite magazine. Yeah, to be honest, I kind of regret signing up for that because I was just as I was getting more and more busy with work. And, you know, the one reason why I haven't recorded is that this year has been like the busiest year so far in my career, which is a good thing, but it's like giving me less time for my hobbies. But I had this, at the same time, this commitment to write for Shumini Bungabaku. So I've done that. I will write at least, I've written so, four of them so far. And I will have at least one more and we'll see what happens after that. But in the most recent one, I was writing about um, how people outside Japan will get information about, you know, uh, you know, events here and Japan special editions and so on. And I was sort of hinting at how some 
Japanese, you know, retailers and brands in general, they're really bad at social media and like putting information online. And I just think like Ohashiro, try to find out information about Ohashiro, try to find out information about Kobayashi, try to find out information about Morizan, right? It's really hard if you're not in Japan. Um, but uh, I, I mentioned, among other things, Alessa's uh, YouTube channel. I mean, she, she's like the Inkunumak queen, right? Uh, Let's give so it up. That's the most recent post. <laughs> Yeah, so um, interestingly, I think you write it in English and they translate it. Did I read that correctly? Yeah, that's how they wanted me to do it. And I'm kind of happy with that because it's one thing to, you know, send emails to a you know, service desk and help, help get a computer replaced. It's something different to write Kohinata quality. Yeah, and it's technical. Absolutely. Like, it's, it's yeah. really technical. Yeah. Plus, plus, it's like a, it's, it's, I mean, it's the premier, I don't know, stationary fountain pen magazine. And I think if you had some, weird way to say something that wasn't yeah. quite, you know, I, yeah. it just kind of puts you on the spot all the time. Yeah, and I had so little time to actually work on this. So the most recent one I wrote on the Shinkansen, on my iPad on the Shinkansen up to my in-laws place when I had like a little bit of time off. That was like the only time window when I could write it. So I'm happy that they allowed me to write in English. So how does one become a writer for Shumide Bungabako, just in case any of our listeners want to, you know, take over your burden. Yeah, that's just, it's just a, what we're not saying here is that Shimino Bungubako is, it really is like eye candy magazine. It's all about, like, it's the, it's the best fountain pen magazine out there, I think. And um, I, I think it's a real coup, I mean, to... Well, it's sort of, don't call us, we call you, right? <laughs> <laughs> They, they reached out to me. Okay, okay. So, so somebody actually reached out to you and you agreed to write this. What was the, the background behind getting you to do it though? I mean, I think from what I understand, they wanted to kind of show a window of how the outside or outside of Japan um, world interacts with Japanese stationery. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, and they have seen you know, my Instagram, seen my, my blog, and I'm not sure they mentioned the podcast, but it's mainly Instagram. Yeah, and it's not like you were in that magazine a couple of years ago, right? <laughs> As you were, see why. But yeah, I think that's that's really interesting. You've got some really good articles. Uh, how can people read your articles outside of Japan? I think some retailers in the U.S. sell it. I'm sure you can get it on Amazon, but uh, well, you can get. I think you can get the Kindle version on Amazon. Yeah. And I, I believe there's also an iPad version um, mm. where you can where you can download it. Uh, of course, it is a as we said, it's a premium um, magazine, probably one of the best hobby magazines out there uh, in circulation right now. Um, so there is a cost to it, but definitely check it out. Check out Jacob's work. Um, for my side, I've also been pretty busy. Uh, something that I've told some people. Uh, kind of in passing, um, is that I've actually started to work part-time at Designfill um, three days a week uh, since July. And so... Should that have been a disclaimer for your plotter purchase? Th this is what I'm disclaiming right now, right? Um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's been pretty busy, but pretty interesting to see how one of our 
you know, we, we always talk about their, their products, right? You know, there's travelers, there's plotters, there's MD. Um, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, overlap in terms of what they do and the fountain pen world. So it's, it's pretty interesting to see the other side of it. Um, so obviously also colleagues with April now, so we talk a lot more about work stuff um, too. But yeah, that's been taking a lot of my time as well. Um, I will say that uh, the biggest complaint that I have about working for Design Phil is I have to commute to the office and that's just terrible. I mean, it's like, it's like three hours of my life gone every day. Um, so Yuri, if you're hearing this, I don't want to commute anymore. Um, you know, next year, let's, let's make it happen. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, I got to go see their factory um, on a factory tour and, you know, see how all the products are, are put together. Um, it's, it's definitely a large scale operation and, you know, them being a Japanese company, uh, they, they definitely do things differently from what a Western company would do. So, you know, I've also been to, um, some other factories whose companies I won't name, but, um, yeah, they, they, they definitely have different focuses and different kind of um, identities. But, you know, just as a company that survived for now in their 74th year, right, that's, that's, a, that's a huge accomplishment. Um, something that I did was uh, I, I got one of their, um, their uh, gold foiling paper. And then I started foiling like my own stuff with like uh, metal and metal stamps. So, so that's been pretty fun. Um, and then on top of that, uh, I started my own company. So I started a company uh, last month. Um, so everything has been uh, pretty busy, pretty busy. Um, you know, I'm running around basically every day. And having started a company now, I realize why there are no entrepreneurs in Japan. <laughs> it is a pain. But um, yeah, that might have also contributed to why I haven't gotten as much stuff. Congrats. Thank you, thank you. So moving on to the event portion of, uh, of our um, podcast today. So some of us uh, were, were not in the country for a while. Um, and uh, one of us stayed in Japan. <laughs> so let's, uh, you know, I think, like, so you were the first one to go to the U.S. You had some family to see. Right. And then I went out on Wednesday of that week because usually it's pretty brutal if, if you go, like, on the day. And, you know, your, your luggage might get lost. You need right. a couple of days to, um, to kind of make sure that everything is, is ready. I always try to, um, you know, get out a few days early just to get over the jet lag, I mean, particularly when we come from Japan over, you know, to get over the jet lag. But it, it definitely sucks if you, if you have, like, you know, you're there, none of your stuff is there. It happened to some people last year at the DC Pen Show as well. So definitely um, would recommend going out a few days early. So we, I arrived on Wednesday, the show started on Friday, and, um, you know, landed almost immediately meetings every day, um, you know, uh, with retailers, but also with, um, with colleagues, etc. And um, I think, did we eat dinner the first night? 
It's oh no, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't. Yeah. We, we, had, we had some. No, no we had lunch no, the second no, day. Yeah. The, the oh yeah, man. We had lunch the second the day. The absolute best the Mexican food in the world. Yeah. It was but good. I have to definitely I shout out Jessica yeah. um, at uh, Thank you, Bez Jessica. House. Um, she's amazing. She picked me up from the airport. Um, she basically, you know, took care of me uh, almost the entire weekend. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, but she took me to this taco place uh, in San Bruno on the first day. And that's where we went the second day. But I was so busy. Um, Hiroko actually came to the San Francisco Pen Show as one. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't able to go pick her up because I was in a meeting. Um, but, but they made it safely. Um, they saw you. They saw a bunch of the other Japanese uh, vendors and retailers. And then that night, uh, which was Thursday night, um, I don't even remember who I ate dinner with Thursday night, but we went out to eat dinner. Um, I came back and somebody tapped me on the shoulder, says, oh, hello there. And I turned around and, um, you know, my, my face was stoic, but inside I, I did a little jump. <laughs> and and uh, who, who was that? Was it me? <laughs> was it? <laughs> I'm not sure. Did I go to San Francisco? <laughs> so, um, yeah, Kwe, why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, what was the big surprise and, and, and how, how you, what was your story in that? So, um, my friend Ayako from Cutting from Japan uh, was going to San Francisco with Eric from Eric Small Thing, the Hanko artist, uh, you know, this account where she uh, hand carved a uh, rubber stamp, uh, very tiny little uh, motif. And um, with April, I think they discussed for a while that American uh, customers and friends really enjoy um, uh, Eric's work and maybe they, can, they could make a workshop together and make it happen at San Francisco. And Ayako contacted me as we were working together on her new physical shop uh, last spring. Uh, if maybe I could be interested to, to fly over with them so when they are doing the workshop someone can can take care of the booth because they will sell some of Eric stationery and, and um, design um, at Q-Thing from Japan's booth. And I was, yeah, yeah why not? I, I have to see, as usually I'm in Switzerland in the summer to, to visit my relative, I have to see if I can manage it. Uh, to see if the kids can can be in daycares in Japan because I cannot bring them with me if not it, it's, too, it's too much. So we were talking back and forth, but nothing really how to say happened because everyone was really busy and uh, they didn't know if they will make it or not. And yeah, it was a bit blurry. So I said anyway, I don't say anything to anyone because in case it doesn't happen, everyone will be uh, upset. Me first, of course. So let's just see. If it happened, it happened, and if not, that, that's uh, for another year. And finally, at around June, things start to get, um, how say, more serious. We bought the ticket, everyone checked their passport, and that's it. We we had it. And I was going to Switzerland first, and I knew that I could tell you, of course, and they say, hey, you know what? I'm joining you in SF. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, no, we are so close to it. If I can keep it like a surprise, like a secret, then it would be more like kind of funnier. And we managed it, so Ayako didn't say anything. Some of our friends, common friends knew, April knew, no, April didn't knew I was coming. April knew that someone was coming to help Ayako, but not who. Uh, Esther knew, but she kept it for herself. Thanks, Esther, too. 
And I told some of the friends in LA so they can move to San Francisco for the weekend and, and I can at least see them somehow uh, at the pen show, like Eunice or Ame, who finally couldn't make it. But it was yeah, kind of uh, funny to prepare this uh, behind the scene. And so I surprised CY that night in the lobby of the hotel when we, when we reached to, to, the, to the, the venue. And some hours after, I met Alicia in front of the elevator. In April, I met her in, uh, in the Japan town. I was asking her, I was behind her, I was asking, oh, do you know how much is this item? And she was like, uh, it's a Daiso, come on, everything's 100, like $1 or something. <laughs> and I, was, I had sunglasses on. So she's looking at me and saying, who's this person who doesn't know that Daiso sell everything at the same price? <laughs> and no, it was really funny. And to meet everyone, yeah, sh a shout out to everyone that we meet in real life. I think either from Eric, Ayako, and I, it was so much love sharing at our table, our booth, at the workshop. I don't, I don't know, all, I don't remember all the name now. I can, I cannot list everyone, but you know who you are. A big shout out to Emily who helped us on the first day. I was alone when they were doing the workshop, and the queue was crazy long. There was nothing else on the table anymore because pe people took everything. I couldn't have time to put everything back on the table and in the same time, um, uh, let's say... Um, um, do the checkout. Yeah, do the checkout, exactly. So Emily just stopped by, so I was completely overwhelmed and she just helped me. Um, and then Alicia too stopped by uh, at some point to, to get some. So it was really lots of love, lots of fun. And next year we said we kidnap Jacob, and bring him with us. <laughs> so, um, Lisa, when you found out, what was your reaction to her? Well, I, I don't. I had never met Ayako before, and there was a lady with her, and she brought her her daughter with her. Was walking up to me, and like she wanted to talk to me, and I didn't know who she was. And they had done that to like sideline me. Yeah. So I'm looking at her, and she's kind of creeping up to me, and then that's when. Quay tapped me on the back and what, what did you say? You said something probably snarky to me or something. Uh, is, is, is this where the pen show will Or something like that, yeah. <laughs> and were you shocked? It, 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 well, it took me a couple seconds to figure out who you were. Yeah. I mean, because I didn't make the connection, you know. Yeah, but yeah of course I was. See, these people were super sneaky because Ayako um, <laughs> called me uh, and I went to her shop uh, because she she wanted to ask me some things about actually going. I said, well, you need to make sure you register for ESTA. You need to, you know, make sure you have passports. Because um, I think Eric didn't have a passport, right? Uh, in June, yeah, which at some point she was like, oh, my passport is not up to date, so... I actually saw you. So yeah, I just came back from Switzerland. We yeah. meet so I can, like, uh, share my, my, let's say my... Yeah suitcase of Swiss cheese and double yeah. cream with you and then I met uh, Jacob too uh, just before and I told Jacob I'm like oh keep it a secret but I'm leaving tomorrow for San Francisco <laughs> so Jacob knew yeah because we oh, met just double traitor oh my gosh <laughs> I asked him I you asked did you know he knew no no oh, I asked him man. I asked him I said don't don't tell them I'm leaving uh to, but you were already in the US and I knew that you, you won't have time to meet each other so I was yeah I was sharing with him the the secret, and uh, yeah, we I met you uh, CY on I think yeah three days before I I was flying out. Yeah, so it was I couldn't even get back on the jet lag from yeah, Europe, from and I already I already was yeah. in a new jet lag. 
So um, I think there's like several different interesting perspectives here because um, obviously I was a vendor, uh, Kwe, you were a vendor, and Alyssa, you were more like a attendee, right? I was a shopper. So um, I already talked about my vendor experience last year, but this year was, uh, I think, especially Friday morning was just absolutely insane. Um, also because we had Hiroko. So we were expecting a big crowd, but at eight o'clock before we can even finish setting up, um, the crowd just came pouring in immediately. We had like 50 to 100 people crowding um, our table and your room was in the inner ballroom. So you could actually see that crowd, right? Um, we were the same, we were the same. Yeah. Like uh, the thing is like, uh, you have these people who can have the three day pass and then yeah. access on, on the fair on Friday morning from 8 a.m. but we could only get in the room at 6 a.m. to to set up set up because the night before they don't have any security so they ask us it's better to not leave anything in the room so you just like completely come kind of like still a bit jet lag a little bit tired from the day before and still setting up while people just enter but by waves yeah and just grabbing everything like it's like it was, we were like, we didn't even put everything on the table yet. And it was just, and I could see your, your <laughs> table from our table. It was, it was like the same. Yeah. Like, Eurican, yeah. I think um, our table position wasn't necessarily the best because we were in the hallway. Mm. And I felt bad for Kirk Spear, who was in the table next to us. At the end. Yeah. At the very corner. But then nobody could get to his table because there was a, a, a bottleneck that just happened at my table because it was also the door into the ballroom mm -hmm. um so i think they definitely have to rethink the table there but um you know without going into too much of these like really minor details how was your feeling to be a vendor at the show because this is your first time being a vendor at a pen event right yes uh, so it's completely different to, to be a vendor at the show and to be a vendor in a shop. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of like, yeah, it's, I think the, we knew that all the waves were like 8 a.m., then 1 p.m. on the Friday, people buy the one-day ticket. And then on Saturday will be the same, 8 a.m. and then 10 a.m. Uh, for the one-day ticket. So we kind of understood that we, we have to be ready, like the table has to be ready for these opening doors because it will be like just crowd yeah. coming and but was it ready the first like the first the friday morning was completely yeah. insane i think no one's expect that at all we, we were like okay we are a stationary brand like uh, ayako is a stationary brand from japan eric is an artist from japan a lot of people like us but it's stationary people you know and it's a pen show so we we're like we will have some customers they they, they follow us on, on instagram they say they will come but we, we didn't expect this amount of customer in a so short time and at 9 a.m they were leaving for the workshop or 9 30 and the workshop we start at 10. so we just opened for one hour and i was looking at ayako in her i was looking at her eyes i was almost crying i was like you cannot leave me alone <laughs> it's, it, and just before the show i was like oh i'm feeling very confident we'll be fun we meet many people but at the moment it was just like i cannot it's impossible i can't there's so many and you don't want people to queue, you know. You yeah. don't want people to 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 be impatient. You you hope they are, and usually they are. Uh, all the customers are really kind, very nice, and we have this system because we cannot have the credit card machine, so you have to send an email to the customer as they buy yeah. on the online shop. So it takes two three minutes by customer. It's not like thirty second or 
So it takes some little bit, and at some point we're like, oh my god, it would be crazy. But luckily, at around 10 a.m., the the wave calmed down a bit, and it was nice, nicer, much nicer. But the first hours was, I, I don't remember. Sometimes it was so automatic, I don't even see who who I was yeah. checking out. And some people text me later and say, I want to say hi, but you are so concentrated on the computers. So I don't even, and I was like, oh, you have to next time, please say hi, because we yeah. follow each other for years. And so yeah. some people I didn't even, they come back the next days yeah. or stuff like that, but it was really crazy. So did anybody come up to me and come up to you and say, hey, I, I know you from the podcast? Yeah, so this, uh, we, we laugh a lot with uh, Alicia because a lot of people come to us and say, oh, so you're Miracle. Why don't we hear your podcast anymore? I say, uh, which podcast? The one you used to have in Tokyo. I say, but it's not mine. <laughs> and they, they ask for Alicia, where's Alicia? We love her podcast. Say, but it's not hers too. And we're like, okay, we will tell the guys. We need to we need to gather and make <laughs> and make a record because people are really enjoying and yes. and think it's our podcast. So it's not our podcast. We have we to are give, guests. We have to give the people what they want. <laughs> um, yeah, on, on my side, I also um, I learned from this checkout thing last year. So I think one of the first things I did when I came back last year is um, I signed up for Stripe. So mm. not sponsored, but um, I signed up for Stripe. And they have a app, and with the app, I could have a tap to pay by credit card oh. um, directly on my phone. So that was really really good. Okay. Um, and yeah, sometimes the tap to pay wasn't like exactly the best, but still, it was much better that people could pay by credit card rather yeah. than they have to PayPal me or cash yeah. or whatever. Especially since we were doing, um, let's just say. Uh, numbers that were much higher than last year right so um, I think it was uh, definitely the right choice so maybe if you go again you know definitely consider this year everything was new for for, uh, Ayako and we learned a lot yeah that's it was a very good experience we learned a lot and if she happened to Eric want to come back we are in I'm sure so So are you going back we need we need to find another way to surprise you guys <laughs> With Jacob, <laughs> he, he's gonna tap us on the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, see why I have to ask. So, since you were like reselling a bunch of Japanese pens and ink, did did it pens you thought would sell sell well, or did, were you surprised about what sold, what didn't sell? That that's super. That's a super interesting question because, um, I don't know if if you guys remember, but from about two years ago, I kind of said that I think the sailor wave is going to come down. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, but you know, last year was still kind of mid wave ish. And this year, I think it's, it's really just come like it, it's, it's come to a halt. Um, we had Shishikura pens, um, on the table, uh, and we had different, like, interesting sailors out on the table and then we had the kobayashi platinums on the table um i also had uh the marzen nakaya and the marzen um customer rushi on the table and all the all the platinum stuff they sold uh almost immediately day one ish um i think one of them sold on day two uh of course the Customer Rushi sold on day one, and 
somebody just picked up the nakaya and said, okay, here you go, here's my money. But nobody even picked up the sailors. Like, it, I don't even think it was about the price because they didn't even pick it up to ask how much it was, which um, was a little bit surprising. I did expect them to not sell as well as other stuff, but I didn't expect there to be almost no interest in sailors anymore. And I think this really goes to show that um, sailors been kind of shooting themselves in the foot because they've they've just released so many products. I, I counted actually the other day. I counted that they released um, 33 products in 35 weeks this year, right? So it's just a crazy amount. I think there's definitely sailor burnout. Um, the inks sold pretty well. We didn't sell out of all the inks, but it's okay. We sold most of them. Um, but definitely the biggest thing was that sailors, they just, they, they didn't move um, at all. And, and we, we learned this also from the California show as well. So that's why I didn't actually acquire any new sailor pens for this particular show. But um, yeah, it was, it was kind of jarring to see that in the last, what, four years, five years, everything was about the latest and greatest sailor. And, um, you know, we even had an episode where Quay said that sailor was on top but unfortunately, I think now Sailor is on the bottom. Mm. But so related to that, um, I think previously, most of the you know, standard Sailors were most like, you know, the OIG black and uh, gold, um, black and silver. And if you wanted if, if you wanted a colorful Sailor, you had to go through all kinds of hoops to get them. And also you could, you could catch them all, right? You could yeah. have all of the interesting uh, limited editions in one like Toyoka Tray, basically, like, yeah. you, they were collectible in that sense, right? Mm -hmm. They're not really collectible anymore because there's like an infinite number of them. So, well, they're collectible if you're a Saudi prince. Sure, yeah, sure. But so, how much do you think it is that people were like, look, I, I'm just gonna look. For, I want like an orange sailor. Once I find an orange sailor, I'm set. And now you can find them in, in, in a color of the rainbow. And how much is it that? you just can't collect them really anymore. Um, I think price is also a big factor. But you said they were not even looking at the prices. They, they weren't even looking at the prices, but I think um, the general conversation around Sailor, even before the show, is that they've gone out of control. So... Is it the same like the... You remember we have this wave of Konoen limbs? Yeah. At some point we were like just, ah, oh, it's overwhelming. There is one new color every two days. And I think for now they disappear for a while. Like it's calmed down a lot, yeah. so I think for themselves they they try to develop something else, and yeah. at some point maybe sailor is the same. They they reach kind of like the peak, and now they have to think about something else. They cannot just produce a new color anymore. But I think um, you know, Jacob, you have a point about how they've kind of be, become uncollectible. So you have to have like these capsule collections, right? You can collect mm. all of the shishikura, mm. but you can't collect all of the you know, X unknown, mm. you know, retail mm. exclusive, whatever is like, that's just become so unfeasible. And I think also the way that Sailor has diluted the value of their own retailers exclusives by um, launching these like, um, you know, they have these random um, cocktail or like Magno um, or, or whatever, but then they, they, they release like 10 at, a, at the same time, 
which just makes it not... I think it takes the excitement out of it. I think it's like when you play a video game, right? And then you play the, you know, all your bases are belong to us cheat code. And for a while, that's pretty fun, right? For, for a while, you're like, hell yeah, I have, I've got everything. I have unlimited resources. And then after a while, it's just like, well, there's, there isn't really a, a challenge or a point to it. And I think that's what happened to, to Sailor, whereas um, Pilot maybe they're kind of on the other extreme of it, right? They're mm -hmm. like too, um, they're too hard to get. Mm. Um, whereas maybe Platinum now is, is in that little sweet spot. Yeah, actually. I agree. And, and in the, the, the most recent one, which of course Alessa got, I think seems to be exact, that's exactly what Platinum should be doing, exactly. right? Even the even the converter is, has yeah. the yeah. it the hits Sakura. all the spots. It has rose gold. Yeah, it has the silk screen stuff on it. It's got a nib that's if if the three seven seven six had a finial, it probably would have a finial yeah. thing on it. Yeah. Yeah. and even the um, uh, the what's it the a section the section, yeah, section has, has some glitter mm. yeah. glitter very right. tiny glitter yeah like. Uh, we were talking about that with Alicia. It's like she, it's the same as Shikura when she launched her first exactly. Sailor Pro gear collection. She go very strong. Yes. And the more she add, we say the summer one, the old one, the yeah. lemon, the color get get less sparkly. I don't know why, but it's it, they're mute, something like that. And you're like, okay, a new one, but it's not that strong anymore. It, it doesn't have this yeah, first prize impact, uh, impact yeah. anymore, which is uh, but. At the same time, the new one, the My Sakura, a lot of people ask how to get it. Is it possible to yeah. order it? Uh, I don't know. You, you send me some people. You, you, you ask me if I, I will go and take it. I think around 12 to 15 people asked me the yeah. last weeks how to get it. So it depends on the models, it depends on the color. Everything mm -hmm. who has Sakura is uh, but, on point. But even that one, usually in the past, I would get like... 15 or yeah. 20 inquiries that one I got one inquiry but the price is crazy too yeah the price double compared to the first one yeah and I think that's also the the meta conversation around sailors mm -hmm. which is why I said that I think price has a has a factor to do with it is that um, sailors used to be they were never cheap but they were relatively more affordable mm -hmm. and um, again I'm not opposed to price increases but I think um, for what they're putting out in the market versus what they were putting out in the market two years ago, essentially almost exactly the same product, mm -hmm. but now at double the price. Uh, they, they haven't, they had not planned their price increases for the last ten years, and then everything just came mm -hmm. all at once. So, so I think that's that's definitely a challenge. And I think maybe Shijukura realizes that too, right? Because th there must be a reason why she now did both the sailor, which is probably some contractual ob obligation to do that right yeah. and then she did a platinum because the thing is as you said these shishikura sailor pants become less and less like desirable like you can go to Mars and now you can still find the, the lemon you can still find the owl mm -hmm. like they don't sell right uh, and this one probably will, will be available for for a long time as well while this new platinum like the price is right the, the design is right mm -hmm. it, it's perfect yeah, I mean, I have my own qualms about platinum, but I think definitely they're uh, they're probably winning in this in this aspect of mm. how to control that better than they were in the past. Mm.
Which is kind of interesting because platinum is the smallest we talk about that yeah. of the pen makers, mm-hmm. right? So you would imagine that they would have less like efficiencies that they, they can leverage, right? Yeah. In terms of like purchasing and you know manufacturing, right? You would think and of they're also, now they're also privately held, so they don't have an injection of, of cash. Right. While sailor now, in theory, on paper, have more resources than they ever have, right? So, and and you know, they do use those resources to, you know, as we as we said, to launch like a million models, but they don't seem to use it to, to really control the costs. Yeah, and and I think it's um, obviously I, I I'm not in sailor's board or, or affiliated with sailor in any way, so I don't actually know. But my speculation is that. Um, they kind of saw what happened with the earlier limited editions and they they realized, oh, people really like color. So let's make a bunch of colors. Um, And I think there wasn't really a longer term thought on, hey, what's the strategy of keeping our brand valuable? Mm. And, and I think that that's a, that's a real challenge. Whereas um, platinum have, on the other hand, they, they've suffered from this, right? They, mm. For a long time, there aren't a million platinum models. There's mm. um, actually very few platinum models. Um, they don't have a lot of different size nibs, mm. and, et cetera. But they realized that, hey, the, the um, Shinkei series worked really well. Let's go again with you know a yearly release of the, now they're, they're doing the, the cloud, um, the, the Fuji clouds, right? So, so um, they're, they're taking it slow. They're not trying to get everything at once. And it kind of builds and protects that brand a little bit more. Yeah, they co- probably got burned. Right? Yeah. They, they've had some, some, some failures recently. So, and, and maybe that was costly for them. So, so maybe yeah. the fact that they are being careful now is paying off. It's a business cycle of mm. the pen industry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whereas Pilot, they just don't care. <laughs> Well, the thing is, I mean, they're doing so well, right? So, so sailors like gross margin is less than 30% and they are now in the red. Pilots gross margin is over 50% and they are, their sales are just increasing, profit are just increasing. They're doing fantastic. But speaking of then pilot, something that had released while we weren't on air is the pilot uh, 743 Verdigree, uh, yes. which is the, the green US exclusive mm. pilot 743. What do you guys think about that? Because you have one, right? You have one too. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about that? Like that kind of strategy or that kind of well, let's talk about the pen first and what it means for the business. So this is the first time, isn't it the first time the seven four three was launched in the US? It wasn't has been available in the US before, I, think. I, I you might be right. They they might have only had the A two three. Yeah, so I mean just, just been a running joke here that for pilots you can have an interesting nib or an interesting you know pen pick one right here at least they're attempting to give you both I think they could have done a little bit more than just you know opaque green sauce, opaque green right but but you know, it's in the right direction I would love, would have loved to see a bit more yeah um, didn't it sell well though I, thought I think it, it did. sold really well yeah so I mean just pilot you know burping up a color. You know, helped a whole lot. So, yeah. But why do you think they decided to do that in green rather than just, you know, give them a black one? <laughs> and why only in the U.S.? Why not, you know, 
in Japan too? Japan has been well served with all kinds of uh, limited editions. Like the U.S. has been starved for interesting pilot <laughs> pens, right? Yeah. So I think maybe this was an experiment to see yeah. if it works, and and I'm sure the decision to go with a colorful one was not just some guy's hunch. It was probably a data-driven decision, yeah. and I think that it was the right decision. Yeah. But is the the custom seventy four you know with the three different barrels is that sold in the states? No. Oh, okay. That's the fifteenth um, anniversary, right? No. Right. With the signature nib. Right. So that that's not sold in the states either. But yeah, I mean, it does look like pilots throwing a bone to the U.S. Mm. Like here you go. Especially, I think U.S. must be their second largest subsidiary, um, outside of Japan, probably in terms mm. of in terms of just raw numbers. But. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I wonder if they'll do something for uh, Pilot Europe now, because if the U.S. gets an exclusive, Europe's going to say, "Hey, why don't we get an exclusive as well?" So, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. In Europe, they've had, I think, fewest models and like the worst prices right? yep. <laughs> for a long time. Yeah, but hey, at least they get to design the Capluses. Every yeah, two but years. yeah, but they always do this like black and silver, like metal ones in Europe, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe that's just the market there. I mean, mm. we do see more metal pens in Europe too, mm. just um, in general. But yeah, um, so we kind of also, by proxy, then gone through a little bit of the Marzen event, the Autumn Pen Fair. But I, I haven't been there yet. How, how was it, the Autumn Pen Fair? Well, there's sort of two of we used like last year, but there's no. It's kind of weird because the Marathon one is really started in like late August, right? Because that's when they started selling the various inks again. They had a yeah. big display and they've had various, you know, been selling various glass pens. And it's been sort of an ongoing. It was no no obvious like right day to go because there was yeah. no like big like mm-hmm. starting day of the event. It's just been sort of going on now for, for a few weeks. It's not it's not a huge. Like event, it doesn't feel like that. So it's not a of, destination, right? And in Nihonbashi, it started Wednesday. I think I, I went Thursday, and I couldn't tell that there was anything going on. I just knew yeah. from my pamphlet that they sold yeah. something. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to check it out um, later today. But the uh, pens, the pens are nice. But the most interesting pens are actually originally meant for the Kansai market, right? Mm. So there were two pens. There's the Eboya, it's an Eboya Koboe, and there's also a Sailor Proge Slim Mini. The ones on your story. Right. And both of them are, the name of them is 1970. It's 1970 resin and 1917 Eboya. 1917 is the year when Marathon launched its iconic Athena Mm -hmm. ink. Line, right, and the Athena ink bottles—they are green and they're like dark blue and have a bit of orange, right? So yep. those, those pens both have the color blocking with those three colors, and the cell in particular, I think, looks great. And yep. with, with the little laser engraved the Athena nib and with Athena logo, and a bit of translucency on the barrel—it right? looks fantastic. I think that's one of the most interesting models and sailor pens in a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of. Ebea, then let's move to the last topic of the day. Um, I was very lucky to go on an Eboya factory tour. Oh, you went up to? Yes, to Arakawa. Mm -hmm. And so I went to um, the factory tour and 
you know, um, the uh, Endosan's wife, um, I forget her name right now, um, but she gave us a little history of, uh, of Eboya and, um, and of Nico Ebonite in general. So I'm curious how many of you know why Eboya exists as a pen brand. You already told me, so yes, yeah, so I'll be quiet. You're gone. So Jacob, this um, actually has to do with maybe your industry, but um, says you know we're we're doing the factory tour, and um, and she told me, and I asked you know why did why did Nico Ebnite decide to do pens um, because it, it's kind of random, right? Like a lot of the stuff that they do are for like windpipes and you know guitars and like music or some like industrial uses. So why why make pens? Um, you know, what's the, what's the story of Eboya? And she said, oh, well, we launched Eboya because of the Lehman shock. Has it not been around longer than that? No. Really? Yeah. I thought it's been around for, for like m many decades. Wow, that's interesting. I, I was here during the Lehman shock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so Nikko Ebonite existed um, since the 50s or, or even earlier, I believe. Um, but they, they've been around for, for a long time. But the Eboya brand and why they started making pens is because um, during the Lehman shock, they, they lost a lot of customers. So um, they had nothing to do. And they, they had to, you know, basically uh, furlough everybody. Um, they weren't taking a salary. They were just bored out of their minds in the factory. And then they went into some warehouse and they found this red thing. And um, and then it sounds like well, what is this thing? Mm. Is it ebonite? Because they all all they were doing was black. They're like ah, well, I don't know what this thing is. Is it ebonite? Mm. So they decided with all the all, all of their free time that hey, why don't we try to make ebonite in colors? So after some um, uh, trial and error, you know they they're trying to make it. They're like, can we even make it in color? So they they succeeded in making. Uh, are recreating a rod of red ebonite. So now they've got this colored ebonite. Now they're like, what do we do with this ebonite? Oh, we don't know how to use this. <laughs> it's, it's just there. So, um, but, but, so, but they must have been selling ebonite to, to pen makers for a long time, right? Because Correct. Right. So they're not, they know that that is a, something, a, a thing, right? They, they, they knew that it was a thing, but they weren't actually making anything, right? right. So, so they didn't really know like how to do it, but mm. they're just like, well, we don't really know what we can do mm. with this thing. So, um, so what happened was that, um, you know, because they, they have this thing now, so they decided, oh, well, where they, where they're based in Arakawaku, mm. um, there's this like big park where the city kind of host these flea markets mm. um, uh, for Teshigoto. And so they said, okay, well, why don't we bring our rods of ebonite that we have no idea how to use <laughs> and we have all the time in the world because we have no customers right now. We'll just bring it up there and, uh, and we'll show, you know, what we can do uh, as in, you know, make the, the ebonites. And so, so they did. And it just so happens that a lot of platinum, um, older or retired platinum um, craftsmen 
live in Arakawa because Platinum or Nakaya's headquarters is in Ueno. So some of these Platinum uh, craftspeople, they walk by, they're like, oh, is that Ebonite? And Endo-san's like, yeah, it's Ebonite. And they went, oh, it's so natsukashi. Okay, um, we used to make pens out of these. Um, and then one of these people had a Japanese uh, foot pedal lathe, the Rokuro. And so they said, oh, well, we'll give you the Rokuro and we'll show you how to use it so you can make pens. But Endo-san was like, oh, but we have nobody in our company that can that can do it. So they basically just picked up Kanesaki-san off the streets who had no idea how to use the Rokuro, had no idea what Ebonite was and no idea what pens were. And said, okay, yeah, let's, let's learn how to make pens because we've got all the time in the world. And, um, and that's how... Eboya came to be. It's so, a little brother of Nakaya. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of interesting that, you know, this is like the serendipity, right? Like you had some, you know, terrible financial event that almost bankrupts you, right? And then it's really about what you do with that time or what you do with that, you know, result um, that shows. And now they have one of the more successful Japanese pen brands. I mean, they can barely keep stuff in stock. And so. now Kanesaki-san is like the Rokuro Grandmaster. And he's complaining that no other pen makers are doing it the proper way with Rokuro anymore. <laughs> he's like, he's like the, the last holdout. He's the last bastion. Mm. Well, at least he's still very young. Yes. Yeah, so he's got many decades to pass mm. on his craft. But um, yeah, I, I just found that story so funny. It's like you would never imagine that mm. Evoya as, as a company or, or not a company, but as a, as a brand, um, you know, came out from the financial crisis of 2008. <laughs> so, yeah, just wanted to put that out there. Um, fun little story that I had when I was uh, visiting Abuya. But um, if we have a little bit of time, I just want yep. to bring up one more topic. So you sent me an interesting link a while back. I did. Launchers, uh, Sailor... Vac filler, or that, that's what it looks like. Oh, so yes. What's going on there? That's, that's a good question. So um, we'll have to dig this link up again because it's been a while. But basically, um, what it looked like was Wancher had a pen with this um, vacuumatic, so not, not like the 823, but like the Parker vacuumatic um, filler where you would unscrew the back and there's this like knob and you push it and it would uh, it would suck ink up. But what's interesting about it is that it looked just like a Sailor Pro Gear. So um, I think some people are saying that it looks also like a Wingsung, the mechanism looks like a Wingsung yeah. um, vac filler. But we have confirmed, I think someone contacted them and got the confirmation that it's indeed a Sailor nib, nib slash section, I believe. What if they, but h- how does that work? Because the sailor section has a metal part to it, right? Well, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure it's possible to ask a manufacturer to create a, a custom barrel that fits. I don't think that's, I think that's within the realm of possibilities. What I don't think is possible, uh, what I don't understand is how they could possibly get the sailor to agree to that. Right. I mean, that and also the MOQs, the the minimum order must be must be huge. And for sailor to say that, you know, okay, we'll we'll let you use our sections and and nibs on some random pen. Mm. It seems a little bit suspicious. Mm. 
Maybe. Yeah, so, okay, so basically we don't really know what's going on, but it's very interesting because if they somehow manage to get like sailor nibs and sections, maybe even caps, and then custom-made barrel and filling system, then if this becomes successful, surely other retailers, others are going to be asking for the same thing. Right? It's time for Detective Jacob to put on his cap. <laughs> well, this is your topic. Wancher has been your... No, I, I just, I gave you the link and then, you know, you take it from there. But, um, no, uh, there might be some things going on, yeah. but we'll keep that off air. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, if there's no other topics, uh, let's call it a day. Thank you very much. Um, again, we know that we've you know not recorded in a while, so um, again, not sure if I remember how how to do all of this. But thank you everybody so much for listening. Uh, my name is Cy. You can find me on Instagram at Tokyo Station Pens. My name is Jacob, and you hopefully still remember how to find me. <laughs> thank you again for having me on the podcast, and thank you for everyone who show up at uh, San Francisco and online. It was very nice meeting all of you. I'm Cray, you can find me on Instagram, I'm Miraikat. I'm Elisa, Inky Rocks, and this is not my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.